Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to LettermanRoad.com. I am Jeremy Birmingham, and this is Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast brought to you by Byers Automotive. If you're looking for a car, new or used, in central Ohio, go to BuyersAuto.com and check out their selection of vehicles. You won't be disappointed. If you're looking for stuff about Ohio State football recruiting, stay right here because tonight my friend Andrew Ellis and Spencer Holbrook will be talking with me about the Ohio State recruiting weekend coming up. It's a big one, uh, and we've got a little insight into the upcoming decision from Malik Hartford, one of Ohio State's top targets in the class of 2023, who will announce on April 6th. So uh, enough of me talking to myself. Let's bring the guys on and get to the show. Andrew Ellis, Spencer Holbrook have joined me on Talking Stuff. And guys, um, let's start with Malik Hartford, the Lakota West 2023 safety prospect, number 10 ranked safety in the country, a player that was not really even talked about for Ohio State at the beginning of this uh, calendar year. Uh, he really became a hot uh, target for the Buckeyes when Perry Eliano came over from Cincinnati. He announced on Thursday that he's going to make his college decision on April 6th. That's next Wednesday, I believe. Um, Ohio State, Cincinnati have kind of been jockeying back and forth. Notre Dame trying to get in there a little bit at the end. Michigan State's done a nice job, but even though he's not from Ohio, it still feels like one of those situations where once Ohio State offered, it seemed like this one was going to end with him picking the Buckeyes. And I, I don't know if it's it's not a done deal yet, as far as I know, but it'd be shocking if it uh, went a different way. And that's how I see it. I don't know if I'm missing something. No, I totally agree with you. Um, it seems like that's, that one's been trending in the right direction for a while now. Uh, Perry Eliano obviously making his presence felt, but Ohio State missed out on, you know, Zion Branch. They missed out on uh, Xavier Wonko last cycle. So getting at least two and probably three safeties this this go around is a big deal. And they've already got one in the fold with Cedric Hawkins. And sounds like they're going to be adding another big piece in less than a week. So, yeah. Yeah, and this is not just a guy who's, you know, like you said, he's not really from Ohio, but this isn't a guy who's just an Ohio kid, so you, it's a take. Like This is the number nine safety according to the on-three consensus. He's the number 10 safety according to our site in general, number 144 prospect. He's a top 100 player according to another service. Like This is a guy who's only going to continue to rise. And so if, if Ohio State can get him in the fold and get him in the class to start becoming a recruiter instead of being recruited, it would only benefit you know, whatever the Buckeyes want to do as safety. And do they want four or do they want three? I don't know. This this might put a, a little bit of maybe pressure on a couple other guys. You know, hey, if you want in this class, you, you need to get in. There's already two safeties. So this answers a lot of questions for me about what Ohio, the direction of the recruiting is for Ohio State as safety. And I think Perry Eliano, Tim Walton, whoever is on this recruitment, Ryan Day, the whole staff deserves a lot of credit for showing early in this cycle exactly the direction they want to take safety in if, in fact, Malik Hartford picks Ohio State like we think he will. Yeah, when I was talking to Malik uh, at the Under Armour camp in Obetz, Ohio, two weekends ago, he mentioned that basically the entire staff had been recruiting him pretty aggressively since he got the offer in January. It has been led by Eliana, like I said, but, you know, I, I think it speaks volumes when you talk to him. We had jo Joel, uh, Jonel Aguero on Bermanology on Monday. 
Um, Caleb Downs said the same thing to me when I was at Atlanta uh, last, uh, earlier last month. Like, the job that Perry Eliano is doing with these guys right now is really actually pretty special. Uh, and to get the Buckeyes from not having offered to a commitment from a player of this caliber in three months is pretty, pretty impressive for Eliano coming from a, a new, you know, into a new job. Um, and I think it does bring up an interesting segue or lead into the, the big recruiting weekend that's coming up because there's a lot of huge name guys that are coming into town and we're going to talk about some of those. But one name that I think has been closely linked to our state recently is Damon Fagan, the safety from American Heritage in Fort Lauderdale. And he's a guy that could, like if I was going to pick a guy that would be on like random commitment watch this weekend, it probably would be Fagan. Uh, and I think that, well, Malik Hartford deciding to make a decision right now puts the Buckeyes in a position where with Caleb Downs arriving on Sunday and staying Sunday and Monday, I, I think the Buckeyes are going to have to make sure that they, I don't want to say slow the roll with Fagan if he wanted to go that far, but without any real concrete plan to take four safeties right now, they may have to uh, do some juggling. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I think if he's a guy that they put the full court press on this weekend, and he's a really good player, by the way, that they could absolutely land him. But with the Hartford news and then with Caleb Downs and Aguero still out there, I mean, those are guys you're going to be in a national battle for. So I think he might be on the outside looking in right now. But uh, Fagan's is certainly a really good, really good option as well. It's one of those recruitments where you've just got to be careful because, you know, if you take those big swings and and you don't come up with with a hit on on those and you also are slow playing the kid who really wants in the class then you look at yourself and you're like well we really messed this up and so these guys all know what they're doing you know we're, we're not going to doubt exactly their recruiting pitch or how they're going to handle this but it's just interesting like you said berm and and andrew both of you guys the, the timing of all of this just makes it a lot more interesting there's a la new layer of intrigue that goes into this weekend now knowing that hartford you know could be in the fold here sooner rather than later and it's on the flip side of that. It's not like, hey, if you if you risk, if you slow play uh, Fagan and then you don't get Caleb Downs or Jonel Aguero, then you miss losing out on both. But on the other side of that, if you say yes to Fagan, does that change things for Downs or Aguero or even Willie Cartford heading into next week? So there's both sides of it. You have to ask yourself, you know, exactly how you play that. And there's the added element with Fagan that he's teammates with Mark Fletcher and Brandon Ennis at American Heritage High School and, you know, seven-on-seven seven teammates with this entire group that's coming into town this weekend, led by those guys, led by Carnell Tate. And, and now you have to ask yourself, like, how do you balance the ego and, and that uh, recruiting plan? So it, it does add something, uh, a bit of a wrinkle that I don't think was necessarily being counted on as we head into this weekend. So let's – Move away from there, from the safety position, which is going to get a lot more talk because I said, as Caleb Downs, who is undoubtedly the top safety on Ohio State's board when he arrives on Sunday after his trip to Alabama. I still think this is a three-team race for Caleb Downs, Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama uh, in that mix. I think Ohio State's a much better position than people give him credit for. But we'll talk more about him uh, you know, on the site and you know, early next week. Um, Let's focus on the guys that are in town and or expected to be in town. And it's weird because at Letterman Row, we've been so pro Jaden Davis over the last year that I think people assume that we 
that there will be no other quarterbacks in the class of 2024 that could potentially be the guy for Ohio State. But the country's number one ranked player is Dylan Rayola. And I'm telling you what, Ohio State is right in the thick of that with Dylan Rayola, along with USC, Georgia, and a few others. And this weekend, he's visiting Ohio State for two days. And it's a huge visit for the number one player in the country because I don't get the sense from my conversations with Dylan that he wants to run this recruiting thing out for too long. Yeah, and quarterback recruiting is just such a different animal, you know, with the dominoes and committing early and being leaders in their respective classes and everything like that. So it's an interesting visit. We, I think, I do think we've kind of gotten tunnel vision on Jaden Davis a little bit, and he's the number one player in the country for a reason, or one of the top quarterbacks in the country for a reason. But this is a big visit. I know there's a lot of USC talk of late with Lincoln Riley, and that's understandable too. But it's a it's a big visit. <clears throat> If you turn on the film from Dylan Rayola, like you'll see a guy who just really pops out. Like he is a special, special player. I know Jaden Davis is too, but when you look at these guys, Dylan Rayola is already six foot three. He's already 210 pounds. He already has the physical traits that you want in your prototypical Ryan Day quarterback. Jaden Davis is still a little bit on the smaller side. I think the rating on him is more is a little bit of projection. I do think he's really special. Don't get me wrong. I don't want this turning to people thinking that I think one is better than the other. But when you do look at those physical traits, you can already see it as it translate to the college level with Dylan Rayola. And with Jaden Davis, you kind of have to project it a little bit based on size. And so th this guy has a chance to be absolutely special. And like you said, a two-day visit is a two-day visit. From the number one player in the country, uh, you know, with all with the different guys that are on campus with him, this, this has a chance to be a statement visit for Ohio State when it comes to Dylan Rayola, especially – you know, as all this chatter about USC happens, you, you've got to create some momentum if you want to stay in this race. And I think Ohio State is doing just that. For people that I've talked to around this recruitment, the word development is all that keeps being brought up. It is about nothing else for Dylan Rayola. And much like it was for Quinn Ewers, much like it became for Devin Brown, much like it was for C.J. Stroud, the idea and the reason Justin Fields picked Ohio State was because they believe Ryan Day was going to get them to be developed for the NFL. And it was – it's – been in the last four or five years this almost ongoing debate between top quarterbacks between Lincoln Riley and Ryan Day and I think this is a situation where and we'll talk a little bit about the 2023 quarterback situation with Ohio State because there is a potential interesting visit this weekend for Dante Moore but this is a situation where Malachi Nelson being committed to USC in the class of 2023 could potentially help Ohio State in the battle for Dylan Rayola because the Buckeyes have not pushed all in on any quarterback in the class of 2023 and if you get a sense on Friday, especially because that's going to be the meat of, of the visit for Rayola, if you get a sense, if you're Corey Dennis and Ryan Day, that this guy wants in and wants in now, there's an opportunity there for you to, to say, hey, we're going to take the foot off the gas in 23 and, and play in the portal or find a, a veteran guy just to help uh, you know fix a, a roster disparity after C.J. Stroud leaves. But – you can sort of start to make some some concessions about how you recruit 23 if you get an idea that Rayola wants in early because Lincoln Riley can't promise that with Malachi Nelson, the number one player at the position. Uh, in my opinion, the number in the class of 2023, I'd take Malachi Nelson over any quarterback in the country. Um, and so there's there's interesting conversation to be had there, don't you think? Yeah, no, I agree. So it's we've said it before, like, you know, it's, 23, I think, is expected to be not a down year for Ohio State quarterback recruiting, but a year when they really don't have to have that 
huge five-star guy because they've been getting so many of them lately. So if they really want to hone in on 24 and just kind of move, move the focus to that. And with USC already having Nelson in the fold, I mean, this could be a pretty, pretty big week on, on that front as well. I mean, Spencer, we talked about that a lot last year when Quinn Ewers was at Ohio state about how the class of 2023 was not going to be a year where Ohio state skips the quarterback position, but one where they could afford to maybe uh, find a program guy, a four or five year guy that you can develop and build over time as opposed to looking for that instant impact guy. And I don't think that that has to change just because Ewers and Jack Miller aren't there anymore. Do you? No, I don't think so at all. When you talk about, I mean, Devin Brown was the number one player in America, according to our site. So, I mean, it's not like they downgraded at 2022 quarterback when they lost Quinn Ewers, you know, even though he was really in the class of 21, but not really. So, but you know, for one of another term, I guess, to steal Tim's line, Ohio State doesn't have to do crazy things to try to get a quarterback locked in for this 23 class. You know, if they want to kick the tires on some of these top guys, like I know, uh, you know, Nico's now committed. Malachi Nelson is committed somewhere. So, like, Arch Manning's not going to Ohio State. I, I hate to, to break the news to anybody. But they don't have to go out and take these massive swings. They can find, like you said, Berm, you know, I know you you like a few of these different guys that I have listed, you know, in a little chart here, but they can go out and find a program guy. They can go out and find a guy that they feel confident is, you know, could develop. Maybe he's the starter sometime, but, you know, he's not going to catch every headline of like, you know, who, who won the quarterback recruiting in the class of 2023. If you make a list of that, it's probably not going to be Ohio State, but they're still going to feel really confident about whoever they bring in, whether it's a high school kid or a transfer kid. And, and that's not to say they're not recruiting the class of 2023. Chris Vizina from Birmingham, Alabama, was in town three weeks ago, made a great impression on him. Dante Moore is from Cleveland originally, lives in Detroit, five-star quarterback prospect. Father does not like Ohio State. Dante grew up having somewhat of an affinity for the Buckeyes. He's supposed to visit on Saturday. He's extremely close with Carnell Tate. He, he's a guy that's sort of a Pied Piper with a lot of the players around the country because of the seven-on-seven -seven circuit. He's everywhere. People know him very well. I'm not sold on the fact that he's even going to show up on Saturday. I think that there's some logistical stuff he's trying to work through before that happens. But if it does happen, then you lose nothing if you're Corey Dennis by taking a, a swing because at that point, Rayola will be leaving town Saturday afternoon right when Dante Moore would be getting there. So you kind of have a lot of one-on-one -on -one time to build a relationship that Ohio State really hasn't built with Dante yet. And I think that it's interesting because there is a almost public relations reason to go hard after Dante Moore. And that's because you could beat conceivably Notre Dame and Michigan for him. And I, while that should never be a deciding factor for Ohio State in a recruiting battle, you, you're silly if you think that it doesn't matter because it certainly does. Yeah, the, the message board meltdown on the Notre Dame and Michigan sites would be incredible if that were to happen. And if, if he does visit, and again, I'm, I'm right there with you, I have no idea if that's even going to happen. If he does visit, you can never count out Ryan Day and Corey Dennis for a quarterback. We've all, we all know that by now. But I just I think it's wise to temper expectations with that one, even if he does make it to campus, because like you said, Berm, there's definitely some family ties that are rooting against that are rooting against Ohio State. Um, I know he just visited Notre Dame and left without committing. Uh, but if I had to guess right now, I would say he's going to end up at Notre Dame, maybe even LSU. I know he's still got that relationship with Brian Kelly, too. So we'll uh, 
we'll see if he makes it to town. And I'm not buying any of the package deal talk with Carnell Tate. Those those things never work out. So yeah, to me, I think the most fascinating thing about this, and, and I'm sure I'll, I'll draw some ire from people saying it. I I believe Dante Moore is going to end up playing at like Florida or LSU or someplace down there. I don't think he's going to go to Notre Dame. I don't think he's going to go to Michigan. I'm, I could be completely wrong. I don't have a great personal relationship with him. It's just something, a vibe I get that he's going to end up um, somewhere else. But he's not the only 2023 quarterback visiting in the next few days. And I think one that we have never talked about, and partly because this young man doesn't really talk or, or self-promote, is Zane Flores from Nebraska, who's coming on, on Monday. That's a player Ohio State really has their eye on, and he's a kid that, uh, as a three-star prospect right now, a, you know, top 20 player in the country at the, at the position, he's a guy that you could conceivably go after and really find yourself liking as an individual prospect that may not necessarily spook someone like Dylan Rayola or cause a rift or a, a ripple in any other recruitment. And I think that that's one that I've, I'd be paying attention to. I will not be surprised at all if Ohio State offers Zane Flores come Monday or before he leaves um, next Tuesday. So that's just a name to kind of keep in the back of your mind a little bit that he is a player Ohio State is pretty high on uh, at this point. But it's really interesting to me. We've, t- we've talked to Ryan Day so many times about the philosophy of quarterback recruiting. And you look at the 2022 board, Ohio State's in it for the very top of the top prospects, Quinn Ewers, and ultimately Devin Brown. You look at the 2024 board, uh, and Dylan Rayola and Jaden Davis are the two guys in that class right now who are really separating themselves from everyone else. And Ohio State's in on them. The 2021 class, you know, it was the exact same, the, you know, all of these classes. And then you look at 23, and it's Arch Manning, Malachi Nelson, Nico Amaleva, Dante Moore, Christopher Bazina. I know Ohio State's in that one. Um, but if if you go after a guy like a Zane Flores, who is probably underrated for what he what his talent level is, but Ryan Day says it every time we talk to him about quarterback recruiting, we go after, you know, we as in when him to, he's talking, we go after the best player regardless, you know, in the country and what we think fits. But that doesn't always work out in recruiting. Sometimes you need to take a guy like, like a Zane Flores in order to secure the number one player in 22 and the number one player in 24 if that's what you're trying to do. And that's yeah, just the reality. Also, but it also doesn't mean that Ohio State thinks that the number one player in the country at the position – is the guy that's ranked number one by recruiting websites. Yes. So, you yes. know, they're, when they talk about fit, I mean, fit is so ubiquitous as a term, but Ohio State is very, very specific about what they're looking for at quarterback. And uh, I'm just telling you, Zane Flores is a guy that we we have never really talked about on this show I, or any of our other uh, Letterman Row enterprises. So mm-hmm. just it's just a name that I have been hearing a little bit more in conversation that I think, is worth monitoring. Let's move away from quarterback because we could talk about that forever on this episode of Talking Stuff brought to you by Myers Auto um, and, and talk about running back because there are two guys this weekend that are visiting that if they both wanted to commit, Tony Alford would light up a huge cigar and be done with recruiting and move on to 24. And that was Cedric Baxter from Orlando and Mark Fletcher again from American Heritage down in Fort Lauderdale. Baxter arrived at Ohio State on Thursday. Fletcher arrives this weekend with the same with the South Florida Express group and his father. And the Buckeyes are going to take two running backs in 2023 if everything goes the way they think. And there would not be really a better pairing than Baxter and Fletcher because they're sort of different in style. 
Fletcher is a big bruising, almost like a fullback in a running with running back speed. And they really, really like Mark Fletcher. And, and we talked so much about Richard Young guys, but we never really talked about Cedric Baxter because he hadn't visited yet. Now that he has, I think it becomes a real conversation because again, Tony Alford is really freaking good at recruiting. Yeah. I, again, like you said, we've definitely been focusing on Richard Young a lot with this. We talked about Justice Haynes a bit too. So I really just started digging into the Cedric Baxter stuff recently and definitely a bigger guy, like you said, but he's not like some big slow guy or anything like that. He's, he's a dang good running back. And if they could get him along with one of those other big names, That'd be perfect. Um, I think from what I've heard about Fletcher, it sounds like Miami might be the ultimate destination for him. But, I mean, you never know. Just getting those guys on campus this week. I know Richard Young's heading back to Alabama soon, so they've got to explore all their options. Miami's in, sorry, Spencer, but Miami's in a position sort of like what we talked about in the last couple of years with Nebraska, Maryland, Tennessee. they got to prove they can win games. And I know with, you know, uh, the the coaching change of Crystal Ball there, they've got some momentum, but they still have to prove it. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's not going to be easy to do. I know, you know, they've got a couple of games on the schedule this year that that's not going to be easy to, to really do. And Cristobal's got to create some momentum there. And I think that's going to that could be the thing more than anything that throws a little bit of a wrench and not only running back recruiting, but just recruiting in general for Ohio State. Right now, if you look at the the big board for Ohio State and recruiting, there's a lot of, of South Florida flavor in there. And, and it's not a it's not by mistake. Ohio State knows what it's doing, trying to infiltrate that area. And if Miami can can show that they can win some games this year, that might throw a little bit of a wrench into Ohio State's plans for this 23 class and ultimately going into the future. Well, certainly Miami under Cristobal, their offensive identity should be a little bit more physical. And, and that's where you could see a guy like Fletcher be a fit there. But the relationship that Tony Alford and Mark Fletcher have is really, really good. And Cedric Baxter, and I, I wrote this, I don't know, three, four months ago on Letterman Row, was that Cedric Baxter and Richard Young were not really separated in the Ohio State you know, totem pole of where they see them. These guys are 1A, 1B uh, for Ohio State. And on on3.com, we have Cedric Baxter as the number one ranked running back in the country. So, I mean, he, he's a player that is extremely high level, visited USC, been to Georgia, been all around, done all the places. I mean, this is a kid who's got offers from everyone. So those are the, the two guys that I think as Richard Young continues to be a battle with Alabama and Georgia and Ohio State. And I think it's, going to be those three pretty much to the end. I know Florida is working really hard to, to get in there, but it would be probably a really great thing for Tony Alford and for Ohio state. If they could really just hit a absolute grand slam with uh, Baxter this weekend and, and move themselves way up that list, because I think that's an opportunity for them. Wide receiver, big visits, huge visits all weekend. Let's start with Jeremiah Smith in the class of 2024. I think he was going to commit to Ohio state like, this weekend, initially, he told me uh, a few days ago, he's no longer, he tweeted out uh, a week ago that it's about that time and, and was sort of moving towards making an announcement. He told me earlier this week, he's not making any decisions and, he, and he's going to slow things down and make sure he gets in some more visits, which is fine. Class of 2024 receiver, he's priority one for Brian Hartline in that class without question. I don't care where he's ranked by any website. He is an incredible receiver prospect. Think like a young, faster Michael Thomas type uh, guy who maybe in college you don't get excited about him, but you see the upside as far as uh, the NFL and where he's going to go into. But the number one ranked receiver for Ohio State in the class of 2023 is on campus this weekend. That's Carnell Tate. Andrew, I mean, 
at some point this has to be over with Carnell Tate, doesn't it? I mean, it does. And I really honestly kind of had this weekend circled on the old calendar as, you know, possibly D-Day for him, but he seems like he wants to take official visits. So, you know, I, I, I think that's one of the names that we have been watching as a potential commitment this weekend. And as we get closer to the weekend, it seems less and less likely that that's going to happen, honestly. It's it's been D Day for him, Andrew, since last June when he was on campus and working out with Brian Hartline and and acting like he was already committed and talking to people as if he was committed. And then all of a sudden, well, I want to slow it down. And then he set the date. Well, I want to slow it down. I think, like you said, Berm, like you said, Andrew, like this has to end at some point. Um, You know, the recruiting prediction machine on three is is in agreement with all of us uh, that he will end up at Ohio State. Ultimately, um, it's almost like a what are you waiting for type of thing, but also like it's you get recruited once uh, unless you go to the transfer portal at some point guys don't leave Brian Hartline's program very often so uh, you get recruited once I don't fault the guy for for making this recruitment as much as he wants it to be but also like if you want to play for Brian Hartline get in the class with Brian Hartline you can start recruiting other guys to play with you and and I think that could go a long way in deciding who ends up a quarterback there is tell, showing a guy hey you get to play with this guy you get to play with Carnell Tate you get to play maybe with Carnell Tate and uh, Brandon Innes. So I, I do think that this has to end eventually for him, but if it doesn't end right now, there's still a lot of time for this class. And I, even if he does take a longer time to commit, I still don't fear that Ohio state is losing ground or anything like that. I still think they're going to be in the lead, whether he commits or not. Yeah. It, it's funny because you look at all these receivers around the country. None of them are linked to specific quarterbacks other than Carnell Tate. And he's linked to both Nico Ayamaleva and uh, Dante Moore. Like, Oh, he wants to play with this guy. He wants to play with this guy. I don't buy any of that. He's going to go to the best place for him. I, I still am a believer that as of today, it's probably Ohio State, but Notre Dame is continuing to push, and they're not going to go away. They have a really good long-term relationship with him. He's from Chicago. I mean, it's a it's a relationship that can't be discounted, and I don't think that Ohio State is going to be mailing it in or anything like that. I do think, and we've talked about it on this show before, with other receivers out there like Rico Flores, like uh, – um, Jaquez Petaway, like Noah Rogers, et cetera. Brian Hartline does have a little bit of leverage at this point. Say, hey, no, we've waited a long time for you. We're going to continue to wait. You know that you're our guy, but that doesn't mean your spot's guaranteed. And that could, you know, play a role in conversations over these next few weeks. I'd expect his recruitment to go into June probably and, and end after two or three official visits. Um, same with uh, Brandon Ennis, his South Florida Express teammate who's coming up. Uh, for the second time to Ohio State this weekend. And I'm telling you what, we nobody talks about Ohio State with Brandon Ennis, really, and I don't know why. I, I, I mean, it's like, it's like no one pays attention to the fact that if Brian Hartline recruits someone, it's because that player wants to be recruited by Ohio State for a reason, and that's because they're seriously considering it. Brian Hartline does not – there are not a lot of wasted swings with him. He's not out there talking to kids that aren't legitimate options for Ohio State. and. I know USC's got some buzz and Miami has some buzz, but uh, something just tells me Ohio State is continuing to churn butter here, and I, I think that they're in a much better spot than people are giving them credit for. And this weekend's huge. The first visit we talked about before, guys, like when he visited last June, he already knew in his mind he was committing to Oklahoma like the next week. So it wasn't a, a genuine look at Ohio State. That's going to be much different this week. Yeah, and I, I do kind of wonder about USC still just because of those Lincoln-Riley ties, but this just kind of feels like one of those recruitments that's going to come down to 
like Brian Hartline versus the SEC, probably like an Alabama. I don't know. That's just my hunch, but I don't know. I, I feel I, I feel you though, Berm. I think he's I think he's definitely. I think Ohio State's in a much better spot than the national media is giving is giving them credit for right now with Brandon Innes. The thing about Brian Hartline is Brian Hartline allows kids to play games if they truly want to. He does not play games. Like he'll let you play a little bit of the game. He's letting Carnell Tate play the game right now. He will not play the game with you if he thinks that you're starting to to get a little too you know he he's gonna make sure that he gets his guys but he's not the kind of guy who's going to just play around and and you know entertain a receiver just because you know maybe they might show a little interest in Ohio State if he you know if he wants a kid he's gonna go after a kid and he's gonna go after him hard it's not like they're just you know he's just gonna kick the tires on somebody he's going to try to get them and so he that's the thing with Brandon Indar He's not, and also Hartline's not going to get got either. If if that makes sense, he's not a guy no. that is is going to allow himself to be toyed with by a prospect. And not I'm not suggesting anyone's doing that, but if they're not serious about Ohio State, Hartline's BS meter is pretty high, uh, exactly. and I don't think he's going to waste his time. And that's why I think it's really fascinating. A guy that we talked about a little bit last summer is Jalen Hale uh, from Texas, from Longview, Texas, who's visiting this weekend. And Ohio State's tried for a long time to get him on campus. And this weekend, he decided, hey, I can make it. And now you see with Ennis, with, with Tate, with the 2024s and uh, just Josiah Trader and, and Jeremiah Smith, like these guys are more important. And, and they're, they're going to get much more of the time from Heartline. So uh, it's going to be interesting. We got about 10 minutes left on this show. So, Spencer, we could talk a lot about other guys. Let's just go through some questions from the uh, Letterman Lounge. And, and subscribers and see if we can knock out four or five uh, questions that people have before this show wraps up. Cause 40 minutes is pretty much where I'm cutting off all these shows. Anytime we ever do them. If I go over 40, people get mad. If I go like under 30, people say it's not long enough. 40 seems like a nice sweet spot. What do we got? Well, you, you just wasted a whole minute there, Burn. Way to go. Better so, read faster. So we're going to go really quick, rapid fire to start your favorite prospect visiting this weekend their percentage of playing for Ohio State and why you like them so much. This is from Bixman419. If you're from Lima, the 419 area, respect. Andrew, go ahead. I, I, I think Jeremiah Smith is my number one. I think he's the best receiver in the country, regardless of class. Um, and I think the odds of him winding up at Ohio State are very high right now. I think he was going to commit this week and then just decided to slow things down a bit. But he's my favorite prospect overall visiting this weekend, and the odds are very good that he ends up in Columbus. Uh, to me, it's Carmani McLean. If you built a cornerback in a lab, it would be him. Uh, unfortunately, I think Ohio State's odds are not very good right now, but this is a kid who's not taking this visit for fun. I mean, this is an important visit for Ohio State. It's an opportunity for Tim Walton to really connect with him. I'm gonna, I don't do percentages, so right now I'm just going to say he's out, but this is a weekend where I think he could really uh, see some, some real positive traction for Ohio State. Look at Berm trying to look, trying to sneak some in or out in this in this little Q and A. Uh, out. Next next question. This is very simple. I like this from Monabeth eighty six. How's the offensive tackle recruiting going? Not great, Bob. Not great. Um, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I don't want. Not going to too deep dive into this because this is rapid fire. But in the last week, to see Chase Basantis and Samuel Okanola both visit Michigan State when they haven't been able to get to Ohio State. Uh, this spring is disappointing to say the least and uh, confusing to, uh, to, to, to boot. Um, Okanola visited Michigan and Michigan state last Monday and Tuesday and couldn't find his way to Columbus. Uh, and that is bizarre. 
to say the least. Um, so it's not great. Uh, Olaus Alinen is getting some crystal ball action and uh, RPM action to Alabama. Uh, Ohio State needs tackles. They know it. And, and Justin Fry is trying to get those guys on campus. But no one's in a hurry to commit, so they're not panicking. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. It's not great right now, but we're not in panic mode yet or anywhere close to that at this point. Long way to go. And listen, like I'll add a little bit to this. Like offensive linemen are less likely to quote unquote play the recruiting game than a lot of these skill position guys are. They're going to take their time. They're going to make a, an informed, correct decision. Uh, I, I wouldn't panic too much right now. But like you guys said, like there needs to be, I, I do believe there needs to be a little bit of momentum right now that gets Ohio State going because, uh, you know, you get a new coach in there and, and you, you do, you do kind of start with a leg behind. And now you got to try to fight back into these recruitments. I think Justin Fry can do that. He's a, he's got a great personality with these he, kids to be able to do it. He can. Ohio State was not in the top seven for Caden Proctor. They're no longer in the mix for Peyton Kirkland. Like there, there's there's things that they've just not been able to get caught up yet. But again, there's no panic. Next question. Um, a lot of these we already kind of touched on. Uh, oh, I guess we can maybe talk about this because it's in the news right now. It says and it's. I can't read that name. Is NIL money now or long-term future more important to these recruits? Uh, maybe it, it has to do with something with the the, the foundation being announced this week and, and dropping the website and, and getting that thing kick-started. Like, do you think that, I guess I'm making up my own question. Do you think that is going to play a big role in this weekend's presentations and how those things go? I know they can't really talk about it, but at the same time, it's, it is a big deal right now. Um, let me just, I'll, I'll just, you, we've all seen the meme, like the why not both meme, you know, like, uh, it's college football, 2022, you, you're going to have to be paying kids, uh, a significant amount of money if you want to compete with the sec at this point, uh, and the NIL front. And then you still have to develop them and give them to the NFL on the back end. Otherwise people aren't going to stick around. So, um, I, I think both, I mean, I, I don't think you can put one in front of the other, it's just the game has changed in, in Ohio state is adapting to it and you will see a number of other um nil inspired uh motives and uh, motions happening here for the buckeye soon i i think that question also kind of comes from the recent tennessee stuff with nico i am Aleva committing to them and the story about a recruit getting so much millions guaranteed i mean the bottom line if you're a high-end prospect like that especially a quarterback whether you're at tennessee or a place like liberty like malik willis he's going to be a top you know he's going to be a top draft pick so i think it's definitely both but um if you're talented enough, the, the league's going to find you. I'm of the mindset right now, Spencer, that like, get your money. Nothing's guaranteed. So if that's, if that's presented to you, especially if, if you're a quarterback and who knows what happens. I mean, Josh Heupel is a good coach, but you're going to Tennessee. Anything could happen. They could fire. How many head coaches have they had in the last five years? I mean, any, anything can happen. So get your money now if you can. Yeah, those guys, those guys investigated themselves to try to get a coach fired, and it worked. I mean, they'll do anything. Uh, Got time for two more. Uh, well, this is the last one because I want you guys to maybe take a couple minutes on it. As things stand today, this is from Ebron84. As things stand today, who do Eliano and Walton land in this class? I want and maybe a mini in or out, just secondary. Uh, let's dive into it real quick. Okay, well, in – is Malik Hartford and Cedric Hawkins uh, at safety right now. Uh, <laughs> You're such a cheater. Um, I, I think that – I believe Ohio State's going to get Caleb Downs. I've said it for a couple months. I, I, I still believe they're going to, and that's a combination of Eliano, Ryan Day, and Tim Walton, who's from, you know, that general vicinity. I grew up in that general region. Um, 
at corner. I still think AJ Harris is going to end up at Ohio State. I know there's a ton of buzz for Florida, uh, but again, being a kid from Columbus, Georgia, where Tim Walton grew up, I think that the Buckeyes have a real option there, a real opportunity there. Uh, I believe that Jermaine Matthews from Winton Woods is going to end up getting an offer from Ohio State this summer, and I've said that before. Um, and then you have another wild card or two a corner. Where they are exactly right now, I don't know. I, I think that there's a couple of guys out there that uh, you could see move into the conversation, but they've been very diligent and very patient uh, when it comes to cornerback at this point. Yeah, and I would throw Kyan Lee into that equation too. And then I, I agree with most with most all Berm said. I don't have as much optimism on Caleb Downs, a kid from Georgia. You know, Georgia's obviously coming off the national championship, so I don't have as much optimism there as he does. But um, the, the A.J. Harris thing is going to be fun to watch for the next month because he's apparently going radio silent on his uh, interviews and that kind of thing. And now he's two weeks away from that Florida visit, hasn't committed, so they just need to get him back on campus. Yeah, there's other guys like uh, Dijon Johnson, um, Daniel uh, Harris coming up this weekend as well. Like, there's guys out there that Ohio State's really interested in and getting to know. But Kay Lee, um, AJ Harris, and, and Jermaine Matthews are the three that I had as in when I did my class projection projection two weeks ago, and, and nothing in my mind has changed with that. I mean, I, I it's obviously vital for Ohio State to get AJ Harris on campus soon. Uh, he's been saying that he's going to come in, in April. There was some talk about maybe taking an official visit this weekend. That doesn't look like it's happening. But there's only two more weeks after this weekend to get back to campus. Um, so maybe him and his family show up for the spring game. If that happens, I think that's a real plus for Ohio State, um, obviously. Um, and I, if, if the Buckeyes don't end up with Caleb Downs, and, again, I think they will, the, the guy we – Again, don't talk about here is Jaden Bonsu from New Jersey. The Buckeyes really like Jaden Bonsu at safety. He visited last weekend alongside Jonel Aguero, and he's a guy very serious. Like he's he's a Cody Simon type New Jersey Buckeye mindset. You know, just a very serious kid uh, who who's a name that we should probably talk about more. All right, I think that'll do it. Huge weekend coming up for Ohio State on the recruiting trail. Myself, Andrew Ellis, Spencer Holbrook are talking about that on this episode of Talking Stuff. Follow us at lettermanrow.com and join us in the Letterman Lounge. We'll be talking about it there all weekend. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.